You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 122, The Paradox. Welcome to The Paradox with your attending, Dr. Eric Larson. He is a practicing anesthesiologist and clinical assistant professor at Michigan State University College of Human Medicine. Listen in as he takes you behind the scenes of what practicing medicine in today's ever-changing world is like with another doctor. The Paradox is a fun and accidentally informative show for physicians, patients, or anyone who has ever found themselves in a waiting room. Welcome to The Paradox. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Larson. Thank you for joining me as we explore the U.S. medical system in a fun and informative format through expert analysis. Today's expert is Dr. Vatsal Thakur. You might recall Dr. Thakur was on earlier where we talked about vitamin D, but today we're talking about his role as an entrepreneur and as a CMO and founder of Reimbursify, an app and program that's actually fairly straightforward, uh, obviously complicated in the back end, but it's one that makes a lot of sense. For those of us who practice out of network or who try and get out of network claims through our insurance, uh, the process usually re- requires you to file a claim and say that you uh, receive a certain amount of care, you have a receipt, and then you get reimbursed from it from the insurance company. The insurance company doesn't actually, although they pay you some of it, they do not file the claim for you because they don't have a contract with whatever the provider is. It doesn't mean that you can't get reimbursed for the care that you get, whether it's physical therapy or seeing some sort of physician, but you have to actually go through some sort of process. And this is very common in the 60s, 70s, and people weren't accepting Medicare at that time. It's very common for people to have to file claims through Medicare to get reimbursed by Medicare, and this still is the case today. Anyway, uh, Dr. Thacker came up with a program that essentially does that for you and takes away a lot of that inconvenience that you have either as a person filing a claim or if you're a practitioner, certainly a way to drive business your way, as he found, by just having the claims done for you for this by this program, and it kind of eliminates your back office staff. Anyway, we're going to talk about that. It's a really interesting, short discussion. Uh, we're going to get into why he did it and what it means to be an entrepreneur uh, nowadays and sort of, I guess, globally, how the healthcare system and individual practitioners are moving. Sort of a wide-ranging discussion, for, although it's very brief. We're also now soon approaching what should be my son's 17th birthday. Um, Andy passed away in August of 2018, as many of you who listen to the show know. If you want to 
learn more about that, you can certainly listen to episode 25, where my wife and I discuss that fairly recently after the uh, accident. Uh, but my wife started a podcast called Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. It provides, I think, excellent support for people who are going through the loss of a child. Uh, if you're someone who knows someone who's going through the loss of a child and you want to get advice or some tips, there's a number of episodes that I think you are worth looking at. My wife has been very faithful doing this every week. It's been a great ministry for her. It's been good healing for her, and I think it's been very helpful to people who listen. So if you know someone or if you are someone who's going through this and want to get a little extra help or better understand grief in the process, I think it's a fantastic way to go to um, to listen and learn more about it. I'd highly recommend you go to it and, and check it out or recommend it again to your friends. There's also a foundation, which is called Always Andy's Mom. Uh, you can go to andysmom.com, and there you can provide uh, some financial support for the mission. It p- covers basically the promotion and production of her show, and um, it's a 501c3, so it's tax deductible. There are plans for more things once COVID ends, and whether it's grief retreats and other, th- and other uh, things for grieving parents, but it's a great ministry. You can certainly go through Amazon as well at smile.amazon. And you can sign up for Always Andy's Mom, and then anytime you buy anything on Amazon, portion of that goes towards the foundation, um, and you know that doesn't actually cost you anything; it's just something Amazon kicks in. So there are all kinds of ways to contribute, but you know I think the most important thing is to listen in, or if you know someone who is uh, dealing with child loss, it's a I think it's a great way for them to at least know that they're not alone, and to find other people who are going through the same thing, wherever they are in their stage, whether it's an infant to teenager or to even a grown adult a child who they've lost and about every story you can imagine is in there now <laughs> she's done about 70 80 episodes and so your story is probably there somewhere so again i just checked that out at andysmom.com and for all those who listened all the way through to the end of the show which i know at some point you kind of stop listening uh, the final solo at the end is of my son andy singing his solo at the Christmas show in 2017, the Grand Rapids Choir of Men and Boys. And so I always recommend you listen in. It's always a little thing I can leave as tribute to Andy. But now we're on to other things in the sponsor for today's show. Here's a quick message from MR Insurance, a small business that helps physicians with their disability insurance needs. Michael L. Revis is a CFP professional insurance agent committed to helping physicians nationwide with their term life and disability insurance needs. He provides objective, transparent, and education-focused process that aims to help physicians make prudent decisions and avoid overcomplicating things. He exclusively offers own occupation disability insurance policies for residents, fellows, and attending physicians. And if you're not someone who has own occupation disability insurance and you're a physician, you need some, for sure. We really like Michael and know he's got your best interests at heart when it comes to disability insurance. We know he'd be happy to help you with whatever your needs are. You can find Michael at drpodcastnetwork.com slash mrinsurance or contact him directly at 800 817 4522. Finally, if you have a show recommendation or you have a guest idea, or perhaps you think you yourself would be an interesting guest, you have a compelling story, you're an entrepreneur in the healthcare space, and you want to get on the show, I'd love to hear from you. Please contact me at the Paradox Show at protonmail.com. You can certainly go to the website at theparadox.com. That's P A R A D O C S, and you can get the contact information there. Reach out to me. I'd love to hear your story. I want to tell more stories of people who are doing really cool things within the healthcare space. And I don't find out about it unless you tell me. So please keep me informed. And if you have any ideas, please shoot them my way. I'd be more than happy to discuss it with you.
But now on to the show and Dr. Vatzel Fokker, previous guest about vitamin D, but now we're talking about Reimbursify. Enjoy. Well, hey, I'm here again with Vatzel Thacker. Dr. Thacker is a psychiatrist in New York City, and he's the founder and CMO of Reimbursify. Dr. Thacker, thanks for coming back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, if you haven't had a chance, make sure you go back to episode 112, where we talk about vitamin D, something totally different than what we're talking about today. <laughs> but we have a great discussion on vitamin D and basic immunology and sort of, I guess, health when it comes to infections. But we're going to talk about Reimbursify, which is a company that you founded or app, I guess I'm not exactly sure nowadays sort of how to classify these things. Why don't you tell people about this thing, which like many things, I see this and I think, well, this seems pretty obvious. Why did no one do this before? But why don't you go ahead and describe <laughs> right. it? Sure. No, thanks a lot. So uh, so I was running a full-time private practice in New York City where uh, like 90% of my colleagues, uh, I was out of network. So I had what would, you know, some call direct pay or cash practice. And where I provided super bills to patients who wanted to get reimbursement and just left it left it on on their uh, in their hands to follow through with that process. Uh, running a business, you quickly realize that your customers are facing a pain point, and it's somewhat outside of your control because you know they've come to get the service and they've transacted for it, but then getting their reimbursement is a big hassle. And so, I, early on in my practice, I took it upon myself to start facilitating those reimbursement claims. And I ended up actually filing a lot of them myself. And I learned a couple of things in that process. One is everybody was having trouble filing claims and everybody wanted my help with, with doing it. <laughs> Number two was I had no interest in filing claims for anybody, <laughs> but I was kind of stuck with it. And the third thing that was really uh, eye-opening was that Providing that customer service actually bolstered my practice in terms of, you know, both current patients follow-up visits as well as new patients coming in. I mean, I was stunned to hear that patients would, you know, ultimately I put on my website that we would take care of claims for you, my assistant or I, and I was stunned to hear that people would actually pick me just because <laughs> of that administrative headache when I thought I had a lot to offer in my field anyway to begin with, but... <laughs> you know, the deciding factor was the fact that they didn't have to file claims. Um, so that that's kind of the, the how Reimbursify was born several years ago. And so I guess to go, to go back in the process, um, for most people, uh, this part, most interactions you have in healthcare, there's most people use insurance products, a third-party payer, and most things are in network, which means whatever the place is, the imaging center, the specialist you go see, the hospital, they file a claim to the insurance company. The patient never sees anything except outside of a copay or outside of, you know, this is your deductible that you have to meet and pay. But for people who are out of network like you, they have to sort of do all those administrative stuff that are sort of automatically done in the in the background, which are those costs are absorbed by whatever the, the system is, you know, the and and so what is involved in that? Because I think, you know, it's not just like saying, Hey, I had this it's like it's not submitting a receipt like you to your company for an expense report, right? It's far more complicated because if it was just that simple, I think people would probably be okay with it. So what's involved in this that is so painful for patients? Great question. So everyone should know what a super bill is, right? Well, if you don't, a super bill is basically a healthcare itemized receipt that has certain unique codes on it. The two uh, most important codes are an ICD-10 code for a diagnosis and a CPT code for a procedure. So what was performed and why? 
And with those two codes, healthcare reimbursement can take place. But no one walks people through that process. And it is daunting. I mean, I've, I've downloaded a dozen different claim forms from different payers. None of them are inviting. None of them are <laughs> simple. You know, one of them had three pages of fine print instructions. Now, in filing claims for my patients, you know, for a while, we were filing, you know, 80% of my patients had out-of-network benefits. And so we were filing all those claims. Uh, I learned a ton. I learned that this is not as complicated as it seems to be, or maybe it's made out to be in that, you know, there's a structure to it and it can be standardized and simplified. And, you know, hey, surprise, it could probably be simplified enough to let a patient do it themselves. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, if I, I, can, I can file claims for pet insurance or car insurance or other products, you know, why is health insurance that much different? And health insurance is the only insurance product where the consumer of health insurance doesn't have any role in the filing process, which is kind of weird. You know, I think it's one of the ways that costs escalate because, you know, the prices of things are kind of hidden from the end, end consumer. Right. And so what we did with Reimbursify, we wanted to s- simplify the claim filing process down to its essential elements. And so literally you can pick up Reimbursify. It is an app. I mean, it, it, it's a company, but our most of our volume comes from our app. So we have mobile apps in both app stores that let any individual anywhere in the country file an out-of-network health insurance claim for any type of practitioner and any private health insurance plan. People find us, they have claims that they want to submit, and we let them do that for low cost in the app. Yeah, I mean, I I think claim filing is probably sort of like uh, if you want to put together a bicycle. You know, it's Christmas Eve, you get the bicycle, you got to put it together for your kid. If you did that every day, you'd be pretty good at putting together bicycles and it would actually be a very simple process, right? But it's the fact that you do it right. once every five years or something, and so you never really get good at it. And I'm sure you guys were pretty good, and that's why we have you know billing and claims departments within our hospitals or uh, practices, because they get pretty good at it. That's all they do. But yeah, for someone who's just looking at it for the first time, it can be real complicated. Right. And one of the problems is if you make a tiny mistake, things usually get rejected. Like they have a very sensitive... <laughs> acceptance policy. Right. Um, Intentionally, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, if you don't dot your I's and cross your T's, which in the app, it basically forces you to enter the proper data in the right fields and not, you know, uh, forget any essential data. And so our claim success rate goes up and not, not to mention the fact that we take a 30 minute process down to, you know, a minute or two in the, in the app. So it just kind of saves information too from the patient if they, you know, like their, some of their stuff will be saved for future claims. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, Eric, have you ever filled out an out-of-network claim form? I, I fortunately not had to. I've, I've, uh, I've either okay. played cash or I've just actually just had the, you know, the standard sort of where everyone does the work for me. <laughs> right. We find that sometimes people pay cash and then they decide not to do it. It's one of those things like, well, I'm deciding not to buy a Ferrari while well, the the issue is I don't have the money to buy a Ferrari. <laughs> and when people say they don't want to file, they're choosing not to file claims, sometimes behind that is they don't know how, it's complicated, maybe I won't get any money back anyway, right? When you make the process easier, then suddenly the bar to entry to file claims is much lower. And so people end up filing more claims. So of course, your family, you know, your date of birth is not changing, your home address is probably not changing, right? right. Your insurance policy might not change for a while. 
So there's no need to have to hand print that on, you know, 18 claim forms just to file 18 claims. So obviously that stuff carries forward. But even more than that, you know, a lot of out of network consumption happens with certain specialties, right? Like repeat specialties, physical therapy, psychotherapy, psychiatry, sure. uh, functional medicine. And so if you're seeing the same practitioner for multiple appointments, then it's literally a 10 second process. You can clone a claim, you know, put a new date on it, take a picture of a new bill and you're done, you know, three steps and you've just filed another claim. Is that usually how it works? Like you have to actually have a picture of the claim. I mean, I feel like it, in some ways, this just shows you how um, ignorant I am of the process, but it, it feels a lot like turning in a rebate form, you know, like uh, you have a picture of receipts and say you purchase it, you know, this lumber on a certain day, and then you get your 10% back or something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we use that as a backup and sometimes we, sometimes it's necessary on the back end, but we want to make it seamless. So we just require that a picture or an upload, it could be a, a digital upload. It doesn't have to be a picture, but that, you know, we just need proof that the visit took place for the amount that that is claimed. So this sounds like a very simple process, easy. I mean, how do you make money? I mean, how did you, how do you make it so that, cause the app's obviously not free to develop and to maintain and to do all the technologies or the, um, encryption, all that kind of stuff. So how do you, do you charge the people at the end, like the, uh, the providers at the end or who are the people who are using it? Great question. So we set this system up and, and we're, you know, we're angel finance at the moment. So, you know, a lot of practitioners and doctors and healthcare professionals, uh, see the benefit and future, uh, success of, of something like this, Sure. because there really is no patient facing, self-service claim filing system available, right? This is, this is it. Um, I mean, there, there's a few people who've tried to do what we're doing, but uh, we're in all 50 states and we, we, we like to say and, and correctly say that we're, we're currently the, the leader in the space. And so where do we make money? So anyone who downloads the app can file a claim. Their first claim is free. We let people file their first claim for free. And then after that, each claim would be $3 in the app, or if, they, if they're filing multiple claims, it comes down to $2, so they can buy a 10, a 10 pack of claims for 20 bucks. At the same time, we do market to practitioners who are specifically out of network, right? If I approached myself in my old practice 10 years ago, <laughs> I would have bought the practitioner subscription that we, we call Practice Pro. And so for $100 a month, and then we offer some discounts for um, on that as well, based on volume, but for about 100 bucks a month, all of my patients can use the app for free. Okay. So it's like I'm offering a concierge perk to people who are paying out of pocket to see me. And then we're also, uh, you know, that's the bulk of our revenue, those two methods mm -hmm, right sure. now. The practitioner subscriptions are, are growing, which, which we're um, happy about. And then we have a final revenue stream, which we offer our uh, technology to companies and digital health services in form of a API or, you know, like a company can offer reimbursement as a perk to all their employees to access their out of network benefits, which companies pay dearly for and, um, and, and utilization sometimes suffers, especially in the mental health treatment world and digital health services like their telehealth companies that are that are offering services like a cash pay service, but it's telehealth. Well, our our API can plug into their software and uh, we can take care of the claim filing for them. I mean, you're almost in, for some of these practitioners, if you're primarily out of network, you 
sort of replacing your billing office. I mean, in some ways, right? I mean, by if you were to subscribe, you'd say as long as people have smartphones, they're pretty much going to have that. Taken Absolutely. Care of. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. And then the other benefit is um, every out of network practitioner gets two questions that we spend way too much time with. <laughs> One is a new patient asking, do you take my insurance? But I have United, I have the United premium plan. <laughs> and, you know, I, I have to say, well, I'm sorry, I'm not in network with any insurance plan. So it's beneficial there because a feature we're, we're beta testing right now that's about to be released is I can then tell that person, well, you know, I'm, I have a pro subscription with Reimbursify, go to this website and punch in your insurance info and you'll find out exactly how much your insurance will cover if you come see me. Oh, right. Okay. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And then the second question conversation that most of us in the out of network space don't like to have is after someone's filed a claim, you know, I never heard back from my insurance company. Could you check on it? Or maybe I, you know, what could be wrong? And with the reimburse by subscription, our customer care team is the front line for customer service issues like that. And we can usually solve those without involving the practitioner in 90% of the, of the time. All right. So the next question is your psychiatrist in New York. What made you think to do this? I mean, are you an entrepreneurial person? Do you have, have you started lots of other businesses or what? I mean, I, obviously I could see the pain was in your practice, but what made you think yeah. to do this? You know, I, I've always, uh, I'm sort of a, if I didn't go to med school, I would have been going to MBA school. Oh, okay. And, and I've grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My fam my parents have run various small businesses between, you know, laundromats, drag cleaners. Our the last one before they semi retired was a drive through Baskin Robbins <laughs> store in 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 East Tennessee. And uh, and I just I've just always had sort of that you know yearning and knack for for business. I remember in med school I. What year did you graduate med school, by the way? Uh, 2000. Okay. So around the same time, yeah. I was 1998. And, you know, before the digital, you know, or right in the middle of the digital revolution. But we had, we all uh, passed around notes on, you know, we, we got class notes on paper. Oh, yeah. I did too. Yeah. 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 And and each class was assigned a note taker. And I, 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 I created a little note taking business. So I was like the note taker for hire, you yeah, know, yeah. for for uh my class and and you know so i i've i've you know little things i've, I've always um tried to improve efficiency and apply some business principles and in, in various things i was doing but back to your question so i live in connecticut practice was in new york so i'm no longer i, I actually sold that practice a few okay. years ago because it was you know i could do this forever right it paid well but i was spending three and a half hours on a train i had little kids yeah. So that all factored into, and then I was sitting on this potential business idea that I knew if I didn't do this at the time that I wanted to do it, um, that someone else would come along and do it, you know, similar to the first reflex thought you had, which is why, why hadn't someone else done yeah. this? I, I didn't want to be that. I don't mean, I didn't want to ask that question when I saw someone else do it, <laughs> that well, I should have done this. <laughs> right. So um, I did it. And then how do you, how did you go about like funding and stuff? I'm, I'm always interested in people who, I mean, obviously there's a large, large capital that you have to invest for this. And you said you had angel investors and I mean, do you, how do you go about finding money for, for this venture to, to throw this out? I mean, do you just know a bunch of people with a lot of money or how did it transpire? Well, I mean, it, it starts with friends and family and it starts with putting in your own money and my business partner and co-founder did the same. So, 
you know, it, it starts with a kernel of our sweat and money's on the line too. And then friends and family see what you're doing. And if they, if they uh, jive with it, you know, that, that, that's a great thing and a great statement of support. And then um, just like, you know, you're probably thinking or what you said earlier, which is why hadn't someone else done this when people see that it's, this is a great idea and it's working, right? We've been doing it for over two years now and people are getting money back. I mean, someone last week, it was almost our record holder. Someone filed 180 claims in one session, like in one, in one instance. So, you know, they, they had appointments for different family members that were recurring going back a year. And, you know, this person stands to get reimbursed in the tens of thousands of dollars. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, I mean, what kind of world do we live in where a, a system to help that person get reimbursed for money they've spent on healthcare doesn't exist or there's, and so it feels good to be in this business and people see that. And so we, you know, the angel funding has really done well for us. We're, we're always back and forth with dealing with venture capital investors. You know, there was a period last year, right before the pandemic, that we were offered a deal with the VC and it felt a little too uh, inappropriate for our stage. So we actually declined and then we were, you know, kicking ourselves, should we have declined? And I think it was the right decision because now, you know, we're even much bigger than we were then. And so now we can, now we can approach VCs with, you know, on a more solid footing you know, and show them that, okay, we're here now. And this is where we can take this company with, with your funding. So, you know, it is, it is tense and stressful and there's never a dull moment. Let me put it that way in running a startup, both on the customer facing side and behind the scenes. But, you know, we've been thankful to have a great team. We now have four of us working on this uh, on a daily basis and growing our our revenue channels and acquiring customers. We're in a good place. It's always fun talking to people who really find some way to provide great value to someone and they have some a concept. I mean, because it's easy to have something that would, might work, but to actually make put it into practice and make it work and then see people, you, you know, get benefit for it. And then you get rewarded for your risks of putting that capital in the time and then sweat equity. How long has it been an open? And then, uh, then I, the other question would be like, yeah, how was last year for you? Because, I mean, pandemic is just kind of weird for everybody. What did it, that do for claims? Yeah, no, great questions. The last year, I mean, like everybody stopped doing anything last March and April. Okay. And and so we we did see a dip. I mean, we saw uh, probably a, a 10% dip in our volume. But what's been uh, interesting and reassuring and for which I'm grateful is that our volume kind of kept on the upswing right after that. And one thing that I offer in the, when practitioners sign up is that they can book a call with me anytime on my calendar. And, and since last April, I would say about 50% of the practitioners I end up having calls with have been in private practice for a year or less. Wow. So I've talked to a lot of people, some physical therapists, some psychotherapists who since the pandemic were either laid off or decided to leave their employed positions and open up a direct pay practice. You can, I mean, I, you know, I, I know, I know people who were kind of furloughed, right. MDs yeah. who were furloughed from big health systems and, you know, people who were 
in the, you know, in the direct pay business often saw increase in volume in that same time, because they were the only ones who were maybe doing telehealth or I had friends calling me who worked in big clinics or big hospital systems saying, what's the best telehealth system I can use? Cause I just used what they gave me and it sucks and I can't do any visits. <laughs> and, and so, you know, and there's, you know, it, you can be much more nimble uh, as a practitioner and meet people where they are and keep the business and service going. And I think, you know, at least for many of the people we serve with Reimbursify, there's been sort of a, a rebirth of, oh, maybe, maybe now's the time I should be in my own, you know, my practice for myself. Maybe I should drop a couple of insurance plans, uh, have more and more control over my business and my practice destiny. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it, we, you know, you have two competing sort of large currents in healthcare. You have the ultra consolidation, but at the same time you have uh, you have more people going out independent and trying to kind of make it outside those systems because they don't like the way it works. And I don't know if it's the type of person or if it's just a situation. I mean, it's probably some combination, um, but I definitely feel like what you're explaining, it makes sense. It, it's something I, I feel like I'm seeing and hearing about. So it'll be interesting to see according to how that all plays out. Yeah, for sure. And people think uh, solo or pri- small private practice is dying, but you know, even though the numbers are have dropped, it's still you know 50% plus or minus. Of, of all of uh, yeah. medical practice. So, you know, it's not anywhere close to going away. Well, and, you know, you, look, you talk to people who are, who are moving to private practice, people who move to a large healthcare systems, they generally move because of administrative reasons. I mean, for the most part, there are people who are in the end of their career, maybe they want some guaranteed income, they can kind of slide into retirement or something like that. But it seems like the, the majority of people are, I've got EHRs, I can't afford it, or I've got the claims are so much, I can't, I can't manage it. And so I have to, you know, I just have to just have someone else do the administrative, the back end stuff because I just can't, can't pull off myself. And so, yeah, this certainly seems like an alternative, at least uh, a small solution, if not the solution. How do you manage with all the insurance companies? I mean, that's gotta be the question, right? Like, I mean, I don't know how many insurance providers are on the country. We can think of the big five or so, but there are lots of them, right? How do you, are all the claims, do they just, pill for each other's claims and use all the same claim forms so that you can use it for your program or I mean how does how do you get to work yeah we've we've uh operationalized that on the back end uh to be as streamlined as possible I mean all the information ends up being the same and so we can we can optimize that on the on the back end and you know if we encounter a new company that wants something done slightly different way then from from day one, we've kind of built our system to grow and adapt to that so that, you know, the second time a claim goes for to that insurance company, then our, you know, we've added to our, the protocol to our system to factor that in, to automate it. So, so yeah, that, oh. that's, that's how we do it. I mean, it, I guess, kind of simple in some ways, right? It's probably more complicated to actually do the, the actual technical stuff, but yeah. I think that that goes to answer, you know, why hasn't someone done this before? It, it it does seem very simple from the outside. Like, oh, uh, of course, right? <laughs> I've talked to people who thought about doing this and, and then didn't. Yeah, sure. <laughs> because yeah. they hit a wall of some sort. And I think it this probably couldn't have been done if I hadn't decided to file thousands of claims myself when I was running my practice. Right. Because you learn so much just being on the front lines, right, of claim filing, which I never thought I would ever do. Sure. But. You recognize the pain points and all the problems, right? If people want to find out more about you, obviously you can go to reimbursify.com uh, to find out about the Reimbursify. And I think is your website, Vatsal Fokker, 
dot uh, com. Is that just to kind of find yeah. out what your writings? Because I know you've written the Wall Street Journal and other places about things. Yeah, like vitamin D. Yeah, so um, reimbursedby.com will link to it too. And probably the writing I should feature on this version of your podcast is I wrote about how healthcare is so screwed up a few years ago. Uh, is it really? I had no times. <laughs> well, yeah, you might learn a thing or two. Uh, no, you know, just being a doctor navigating as a patient in the business on the business side of healthcare is just was just so uh, ludicrous at times, you know, it was called uh, the illicit perks of the MD club uh, in the New York Times. And that's also on the reimbursify.com website. Well, hey, thanks so much for being on The Paradox. You've now been on twice. So I don't know, you get some sort of medal, I suppose. Thanks. Thanks no, again. That's great. Have a great day. All right. You too. Bye. Thanks again to Dr. Vatzel Thacker. But before we end, don't forget to reach out to MR Insurance Consultants, where their goal is to assist physicians in obtaining the most comprehensive coverage available to fit their unique situation. Reach out for both excellent and quality service at drpodcastnetwork.com slash mrinsurance. Thanks for listening to The Paradox. If you like what the doc is doing, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher and share the show with your friends. Become a supporting listener to get access to special bonuses at patreon.com forward slash the paradox. Show notes can be found at theparadox.com. Thank you.